And we're back. And this time we are going to kind of end the year out with talking about um, our most anticipated for 2023, as well as our best of, of 2022. Um, he's going to talk about some of his worst of. I don't really have too many of those, although I could probably whip together a list. Um, and I think I already know one that's on my list that isn't on your list. Um, but anyway, we'll start off with the positive notes of um, the best of 2022. So yeah, we'll kind of just start off with you. What was your, are we going to go from 10 to all the way down to one? What was your number 10? Um, well, I just have a few honorable mentions we won't really go into. Um, for horror, just Deadstream, which is streaming on Shudder. That's mm -hmm. a really fun um, found footage type film. Um, Barbarian, a lot of fun twists and turns in that movie. Um the Glass Onion, the sequel to Knives Out, I really enjoyed that. Didn't quite make my top ten, but a good, fun mystery comedy. Bullet Train and Violent Night are excellent action comedy films, both made by the same studio, both worth a watch. And Beast was another one that I really enjoyed. Just kind of a simple premise that could have been good or bad, mm -hmm. and good cinematography and set pieces with minimal poor decision making just made that movie stand out yeah but for my number 10 pick i have the texas chainsaw massacre okay well you're already this is oh excuse dumb. me excuse me texas chainsaw massacre the uh -huh. is a totally different film because this is one of those franchises <laughs> uh -huh. Well, right away, that's so stupid. Um, yeah, uh, their Bullet Train is better than fucking Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I have Bullet Train and Glass Onion rated higher, and Barbarian rated higher than Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But it's just a simplistic 83-minute movie that I've returned to several times. I think oh I've seen God. it, like, I've logged it four times on Letterboxd. I just, I love it. It's a fun slasher. It does everything I want it to do. I get why people didn't like it, because if you're a fan of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, this isn't for you. But I've never been a fan of that franchise. I've always been a fan of Friday the 13th and Halloween and Freddy Krueger. So having him be more in line with them, just a proficient killer, slashing through people with the chainsaw. Yeah, love this movie. Hmm. Yeah. what about you what's your number 10 well my number 10 is the multiverse of madness Doctor Strange um, yeah it was good enough to make my top 10 um, yeah I just think that it's a good representation of Marvel and a fun movie that I think I can rewatch over and over again um, but yeah, there's not much I can say that about it that I already haven't said, and I think it's a solid film. Um, and again, way better than Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That's dumb. And um, some of your honorable mentions are in my list, which is crazy. But anyway, moving right along, what's your number nine? <laughs> you know, it's funny when you mentioned... Doctor Strange, I didn't even realize that this is the first year in a long time where a Marvel movie hasn't made my top ten. Like, there's no Marvel on my list. That's kind of wild. But, moving right along, X is my number nine. I mm. thought this was also a very solid slasher that was just elevated by its thought-provoking um views on sexuality you know it takes a tired trope in horror you know just gratuitous nudity and makes it a focal point of the film and after seeing this movie i talked about it for almost an hour with my fiance like we just were both really into the movie and couldn't stop talking about it and i just love that kind of experience where you can watch something that's entertaining and visually stimulating but also thought-provoking 
Yeah, I thought it was a pretty solid horror flick. Um, uh, to me, that would be almost a mon honorable mention type of movie. Um, I liked it. I thought it was solid, but it didn't yeah, crack my top 10. And I still haven't seen Pearl. So maybe if I do see Pearl, I'll think it will maybe will elevate X. Did you find that experience when you saw Pearl? I really enjoyed Pearl. The issue with the movie is like, they try to show how boring her life is and they do it so successfully that the first half of the film I was bored. But it does have incredible acting which keep from me a goth that kind of keeps you in the film. But the second half of it is great and the final shot it's just I don't want to say what it is, but it lingers. Like it, the shot hits, and then it just holds on the shot while the credits start rolling, and it's really effective. And yeah, I would highly recommend Pearl. That should have made my honorable mentions. That might have been an oversight, but yeah, super excited for the third one, Maxine. I think it's going to be a very solid horror trilogy. Well, my number nine is uh, Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Um, I really enjoyed that Nicolas Cage film. Uh, to call it a Nicolas Cage film is putting it lightly. That's uh, kind of like the multiverse of Nicolas Cage, which was really fun. And I really haven't even seen all of the movies that were mentioned and made cameos in there. So I think like the more Nicolas Cage movies I watch and experience, the more I'll like this movie on the rewatch. So I think that just makes this a cool experience film. Um, and yeah, it was a, a fun ride without even even knowing all of those cameos anyway. The references that I did get, it still worked and it was just a solid film through and through. Um, so yeah, it was good, but still in the nine, ten ish range for top ten. Yeah, for me, it is number eight, and I think it's a more entertaining version of Pig, which came out last year, where it just kind of analyzes the legacy of Nick Cage, but instead of approaching his work in an intellectual way, the way Pig did. It approaches, you know, the memification of Nick Cage. And really, the only flaw I did see in the film, which they try to do that thing where they're like, well, we're commenting on it, so we know it's not perfect, and that makes it okay. But just having again, the hostage part and the huge gun chase at the end, it's just completely unnecessary. Mm. I would have much rather they would have eliminated the kidnapping aspect but kept like the drug lord gun runner type person for um Pedro Pascal and just have it be like this you know kind of complex relationship with someone who isn't good in the moral sense but Nick Cage just clicks with on you know that emotional sense but nevertheless, it's my number eight film of the year. Gave it four stars. I would recommend it to anyone. It's a lot of fun. Um, yeah, that's about all I got to say. It definitely hits all the beats for sure. And I think that's was its goal. And it, it did that successfully. And it's I'm happy for him because this was kind of like a comeback film for him because he really hasn't had, in my opinion, <laughs> a film like Not this. Not that he was ever gone. Right, but to this caliber of rating and, you know, whatever, because he's done a lot of um, B-list movies, to say the least. But anyway, my number eight is Smile. And I know Smile is probably way higher on your list, but um, yeah, it was just a really, really solid horror flick. And to me, Smile is really just awesome because it, is just a huge, huge, huge box office success. They made that movie for, I think, less than $30 million, and it's made over $200 million at the box office, and it's crazy. And it's just a simple horror story that they did right, and they just need more of that. And to be honest, the same thing with the, a lot of horror movies that they made this year um, that were really successful. They just, they were simple, they did them right, and that's why they're successful. And yeah, I just don't understand why movies like Jeepers Creepers 4 couldn't do shit like that. But yeah, um, 
his smile was a really really solid flick i enjoyed it and that's why it's my number eight and uh, i'm assuming yeah like i said it's much higher on your list Probably it is. It is. Number like this three is a or good something year dumb. for horror. Like I'm looking at my list, and seven of the movies on this list are horror or horror adjacent. So mm. it's like this has just been a stellar year for horror movies. But yeah, just smile. Like they took the uh, put a little twist on the ring, and it follows, and just have trauma be like the focus of the film and using trauma as the vehicle for really well done really well set up jump scares as a way to keep us manic and uh, paranoid the way that the main character is mm-hmm. i just think it was incredibly well executed and you know normally i don't like jump scares because a lot of horror movies are lazy and cheap with them but this is not one of those movies. This is a movie that the same jump scare has caught me every time I've watched this movie. Because even though I know it's coming, I get so wrapped up in the scene, it just hits me. Yeah. Like, and the creature design, oh man. One of the great. Yeah, it was really well done. So, yeah. all right. What was your number seven? Are we on? Yeah. Yeah. Number seven is. A movie I know you loved, The Menu. Oh, God. Jesus. All right, moving right along. Um, anyway. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, man. No, The Menu is good. Like, it's not anything super deep or complex. Like, that's what holds it back, is it thinks it's... um. Actually, I don't even think that it thinks it's that clever. It just decides to not do a deep dive into this stuff. They keep it simple. It's this weird, obsessive cook and our chef and all of his cooks on an island. They basically form a small cult and they do what they think is an artistic expression when really it's just a homicidal act that our surrogate of the film Anya Taylor-Joy just kind of has to outsmart and outwit her way through the film. Like, she just has to figure out a way to play on these psychos' thoughts and feelings to get out of it. And I thought it was really clever done. And when it was all done, she threw away the menu, and no one's ever going to know this great act the cult did. They're just going to be like, what a fucking psycho. Yeah, okay, but that would have been cool if any of it was realistic, but it wasn't, because from the very beginning, everybody is so freaked out, but they just sit there quietly. Nobody does anything. Nobody tries to escape. Nobody forms a plan. They don't rally together. It's just all one big metaphor, but yet we're supposed to take it seriously at the same time. It's just dumb. And again... I don't believe uh, you are supposed to take it seriously. uh, I believe, like all films it tells you what kind of movie it is from scene one but it doesn't though because that was the big problem with your opinions of certain other films where you were sold one thing in the trailer and that it's not what we got at all and you literally have admitted that before that you thought it was going to be one thing based off of the trailer and that's not at all what you got but it's okay expectations can harm a film but I don't feel like my expectations of the menu were subverted. I feel like I got exactly what I thought I was going to get. Whereas other films literally film dream sequences that have no effect on the film just to sell you in the trailer. Like another shitty, shitty film that's probably towards the top of your list. That but we'll you're going to call this later. a horror film? You're going to call this a horror the menu? Yes, it's a horror satire. Oh my god, it's stupid is what it is. And it was just a waste of time through and through. None of it mattered. And you said she outwitted, she asked for a fucking cheeseburger. And that's what got her out of there. And and you're like, it's it's cinematic. (laughs) Like, get the fuck out of here with that. Okay, moving right along. So my seven, six, and five have already been mentioned by you, so I'll just rattle them off. I, I Seven is Bullet Train, six is Deadstream, and five is Barbarian. 
Um, and yeah, mm-hmm. Bullet Train, I really liked. Um, it was a solid film. Very rewatchable. All the characters are likable. It has a lot of cool cameos. Um, and yeah, I can probably rewatch that a bunch of times. And I plan on getting that on Blu-ray when it's nice and cheap. Oh, um, yeah, me too. Like, even when Deadpool 2 came out, which was done by the same studio and director, like, my favorite character was Domino. I kind of was sick of Deadpool by that point already. Mm. But I wanted to see her get her own movie. And just seeing them go, well, we can't use that character, but we can take that mechanic of luck and turn it into an action comedy. And they did very successfully, in my opinion. Yeah. So that was fun. And then Deadstream, like you were saying, is a very silly horror film that it was the best horror film that I watched in the in the month of October this year, um, based off of my ratings and just how I felt about everything else that I watched. So um yeah, I really liked it and I'll probably revisit that every October from now on, especially if I'm gonna keep my shutter subscription. And that was a, a really um a positive and nice surprise from Shutter because they usually don't, um, you know, turn out stuff that's that of that quality. So that was good on them. Um, and then of course number five, Barbarian, very very solid horror film. Um, it was nice to have a different kind of storytelling vibe and that it was in three different parts. And I know that you complained about that because you don't like the pacing because you're a hundred years old and you like things a certain way. And it wrapped up in 90 minutes because you just are dumb. But I really enjoyed the fact that it was kind of told in that way, just because it was just like, oh, we get to a certain point and we're back down to just the normal quiet calmness of how creepy this and fucked up the story is. And uh, although my big criticism of it is I don't like how she kept choosing the wrong decisions of just instead of running out of there she kept choosing to go through the door and help and choosing the wrong decisions of going back down there and looking for him because i definitely wouldn't do that it was you mean she's choosing to make the movie happen right she the plot because <laughs> if the, you were there the, the movie plot wouldn't right happen. right <laughs> besides that dumb stuff it is a solid movie and yeah uh, it is a really good movie. I would recommend it to anyone, even if you're not the end of horror. Like, this has some horror elements, but it's such an intriguing film. And using, like, the female experience of dealing with, like, men and their predatory nature, and it's showing, like, three different men, two of which don't even realize they're being creepy or predatory, and one of which who's just a complete monster... It was just interesting seeing that. I I really enjoyed it. I just enjoyed 10 other films more. Well, go right ahead then. What are your... uh, All right, so my number six is Fresh. I loved this movie. Like, I can't believe how little you liked it, but it's just... It starts off like a romantic comedy and then just transitions into this horror thriller. And I again, I just really like when a horror movie is like, let's take this one little thing that we deal with in real life and take it to the extreme and turn it into a horror movie. And this case, I feel like this is the better version of what Barbarian was trying to be, where it just took like, the shit that women have to deal with dating and being treated like pieces of meat and then just taking that to the absolute extreme of this guy is literally turning them into meat. (laughs) You like it when people take things to the extreme unless it's drugs. Because when people take that to the extreme and use cannibalism, then, oh, then it's dumb. Then you don't like it. no, 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 no. I really enjoy Requiem for a Dream, which takes drugs to the extreme. I love fun, (laughs) which takes drugs to the extreme. It's called being a hypocrite. (laughs) Whatever you got to say, man. Bones and all is something I'm sure we're going to talk about soon, and it's trash. But yeah, if you haven't seen Fresh, it's on Hulu. I absolutely loved the movie. And everyone I know who's seen the movie, except for this dumbass, has also enjoyed it. 
it's the bad cannibal movie and he claims to know anything about cannibal movies but okay what's your number five moving on the northman oh fuck <laughs> jesus Christ! oh my god it's such a good movie they bark like... in the beginning it's stupid <laughs> It's yeah, um, they drop just watch the Lion King. Bark. Just watch the Lion King, folks. It's the same movie, and you'll save yourself at least an hour. Oh and... my god, no, Barbarian or <laughs> exactly, Barbarian is stuff. good. <laughs> yeah, you're right. The Northman is a fucking masterpiece. Like, I love that movie you're like just, the cinematography really liked the, the witch sequences and you're embarrassed because no one else likes the witch so now you're like shit now i have to pretend to like everything else he makes so let me pretend to like this movie no i've got no delusions like i own the witch in the northman i don't own the lighthouse that movie was fine but it was just a little too weird for me didn't work for me it's something i watched once and i'm never gonna return to the Northman, I've already watched three times this year. I loved How it in cinema, seeing it on the big screen and having it at home in 4K. It's just a stunning. Like the contrast, the anyway. cinematography. Oh my God, dude. It, it, you're right. Its story elements are out, well, overdone. Like it's one of the oldest stories that we have. But this is the story that movies like The Lion King and Macbeth, uh, those are all based on this legend. Not Macbeth, um, Hamlet, excuse me. But point is, like, this movie may not have a lot in story that hasn't been done before, but the way they do it is masterful. It is a two-hour bore fest, and how it's rated so highly is beyond me. But anyway, moving right along. Um, my number four is the great and powerful Bones and All. And yeah, um, I, I've talked about it before. A very, very solid horror movie, romantic that you movie, didn't get romantic movie that I understood perfectly, but you're so caught up on one aspect of it being a metaphor on drugs that you can't get past that. And you didn't like the main character for some reason because you're sexist. But anyway, um, yeah, it, it was just a really, again, thought-provoking movie. I kept asking myself, what would I do in that situation from beginning to end? And yeah, it just was never a good answer. And unlike The Barbarian, there was no really situation where I could turn out or go turn to a, like a situation where it wouldn't be fucked up because you're always going to be like that or always have to deal with it in some way, shape, or form. So yeah, and I liked the smelling aspect of it how they could smell each other you thought that was dumb i liked it and i thought it was well acted well shot and yeah good and I you, you're just a shitty was, i thought person. the acting was serviceable the two things i hate about this film are a the romance i don't like either character i don't buy their romance i don't see what they have in common with each other other than lust and shared trauma, which are not foundations for a relationship, by the way. Like, and the second aspect, the whole metaphor for opioid addiction just didn't work for me. Like, I'm sorry, this movie is based on two things. Those are the two things, and neither one worked for me. I gave it a one and a half star because I can see why some dumbasses might like it. But the majority's on my side on this one. It didn't even stay in the top 10 for two weeks. Whereas many movies like The Menu have been in the top five for five weeks. The majority is not on your side. That was just had nothing to do but with studio backing. It had nothing to do with quality of movie. Um, no, low there? attendance because no one wanted to watch that boring fucking snooze fest is why it didn't stay in theaters. No one left that theater and was like, you have to go see this. Everything Everywhere All at Once wasn't a hit at the beginning either. And yeah, no. It, it opened in limited release and did extraordinarily well for limited release. You probably looked at the box office numbers and thought it had a wide release, so it was performing poorly. But that is simply not true. 
It performed very well in its limited release window. It performed very well when expanded to still a sub 1000 theater window. And then when it went wide, it did successfully again and stayed in the theaters for a very long time. Gotcha. Well, yeah, you're dumb as fuck per usual. <laughs> you have no taste. <laughs> like, you really don't. So, my number four is an actual good film called Nope. And this was just another really fun movie. It's got horror elements in it, but I wouldn't say it's a all-in horror movie. It's more like a sci-fi western almost. But it does have, like, two pretty eerie scenes. Like, the scene where he's in the car and actually is just like, nope, and just hides in there overnight, that was one of the most tense scenes in the movie for me. One of the most tense scenes all year for me. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, this is my least favorite Jordan Peele movie, but it is still a masterpiece, in my opinion. I love the way it's shot. I love the characters, the commentary on our obsession with filming spectacle, even at the risk of putting ourselves in danger or dying. Like everything about this movie was just awesome to me. Yeah, I mean, it was a solid film, I think, but I just, on the rewatch, a lot of the things that were scary about it the first time weren't scary about it on the rewatch. And it's just, I don't know. It just doesn't hold up to me. And well, that's I, because it's bare, it's not really a horror movie, you know? Like, yeah, on a rewatch, neither of the scenes that got me the first time scared me the second time because they're just tension building scenes and you know where it leads the second time. But the first time, you don't. And that's why this isn't a full blown horror movie. It, those are just elements sprinkled into it because if you were experiencing this in real life, it would be scary. But once you accept your situation and you develop a plan, then while you are still in danger, it's not as scary to you. Well, yeah, I liked it better than us. And I was probably on par with Get Out for me at this point. But yeah, it's definitely didn't crack my top 10. Oh, wow. I was thinking this might be in your top three. Oh, fuck no. Yeah, my um, number three is The Sea Beast, which is a movie that you haven't even seen, which is crazy. But um, yeah, it is a very, very, very good animated film. Um, And it's a lot like How to Train Your Dragon, but I would watch this a zillion times more before I would watch the entire How to Train Your Dragon trilogy because this one was a really, really solid film. And I've all I've recommended this to you, but you are an idiot and don't watch my recommendations, even though I sit through the guest and the fucking I don't even remember the the traveler. What was it called? <laughs> the Hitcher. The Hitcher. It was dumb. Yeah. In my defense, I don't remember recommending the Hitcher to you, nor do I remember being recommended CVs. Um. <laughs> I'm sure I did recommend The Hitcher to you because it's an incredible film that everyone should watch. The remake, not the original. But You sold that movie like it was one of the most grittiest, most freaking heart-stopping. Yeah, no. It was not that. It was silly. It was a cartoon. This dude shot a helicopter out of the sky and <laughs> then gunned down four police cars. <laughs> uh, incredible. I love it. <laughs> based on that description alone I would watch that movie <laughs> stupid but anyway yeah the sea beast is my third best movie of the year oh that's your number three mm-hmm. what was number four again oh yeah um, the ridiculous bones and shit bones all right. and all it was the masterpiece called bones and all it has a 3.8 on Letterbox. the mm, menu yeah, has so a 3.8 as well because that's a shittier movie and that got a wide release and it was in theaters longer more people saw that and it has a 3.8 so that means it's shittier. exactly more people had an opportunity to rate it lower because they got duped only fans of timothy shamalama ding dong came and rated 
phones in all highways uh, just because they want to screw him. The just film like community. You. And you know, it's fine if you want to screw him. The high class cool. film community. <laughs> Speaking of high class, my number three is Smile. I loved, loved, loved this movie. And we already talked about, so I'm not going to go too much into it. But yeah, if you haven't seen it and you're looking for just a good scary movie, this is it. And our number two and one, I'm confident, are the exact same. Pray and everything everywhere all at once. Ding, 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 ding. So we can agree on a few things. Yes, because these films are indisputably great. Yes, and pray you doubted me because you were like, "What was the?" I don't even remember the other movie that you were so excited for. Was it Bullet Train? You were like, mm-hmm. "I that came out." Yep, it was Bullet Train because that came out the exact yep. same day. And again, Bullet Train was good, but Prey was amazing. And I it understand was. why you might have been skeptical because the last Predator movie was shit. But still, I knew I was like, "Oh shit!" There's this it takes place in when there's Indians and oh, there's how they're gonna outwit a freaking predator. And you even knew the whole movie, like you said. But still, it's a five star movie. And you're right. It it was everything I thought it was going to be, but just done so much better than I thought they would ever do it. I never thought they would execute this idea this well. And even based on this director's last work, Ten Cloverfield in the Lane, which I very much enjoyed, I didn't think he had like the action chops to do this movie the way that it was done. I thought he was going to go more of a horror route with it, but he does, he did what the first Predator movie did. He blended like the horror of this unstoppable Predator with action sci-fi elements that just elevate this to what i consider to be the best predator movie i think this beats out the first one and it blends in with the lore of the other one so well like to a point where they bring in the handgun from the second (laughs) movie and Mm -hmm. they bring in aspects of the mud and the different traps and stuff like that from the first one and it's just like wow if you really love the predator movies i feel like this one is just a love letter to you specifically because wow like even from a person that doesn't even really like those movies or you know would rewatch them on the regular it's just i can tell that this is something that was made by somebody who really enjoyed those movies and respected the material enough to make it its own but also blend in those materials which not a lot of comic book or superhero movies do well with their sequels and it's crazy like so i'm if this director ever goes on to that kind of level or filmmaking it'll be insane insane so yeah and even just the writing as a whole it's done so well and it's so clever like they quote lines from the other movies that I didn't even catch the first time I viewed it because it wasn't forced. It was just right. natural dialogue. Like, right. if it bleeds, you can we can kill it. That's an iconic line. And when he says it, it was just like, yeah, of course, that's what a hunter would think. And I didn't even make the connection till my second watching. Yeah, such a brilliant callback. So, and I'm really excited for a second one or just the next installment. Even if it's not as good as this one, I'm just glad that there's a positive note on the franchise because they really have had too many good ones. Even Alien, like Alien or Predator, haven't had too many good movies coming out. So it's nice to finally have something that's a a breath of fresh air. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, and then just to wrap it up with the number one, of course, is everything everywhere all at once. We've talked about it a bunch already, but yeah, I mean, it was just an all-around amazing movie. Like you said before, you thought it was tailored for you. Just every character is so interesting, relatable, how they just bring in all aspects of life. And so it's so thought-provoking and just the simplicity of the metaphors that even everyone can get it and everything bagel donut. I love it. And so, yeah, I mean, there's just no negative things I can think about this movie. And I've rewatched it multiple times. I think this is the most I've rewatched a movie in a long time. 
And it's crazy that this movie came out this year because I feel like it's come out so long ago. But yeah, I'm really, really, really hoping that... Um, I don't know if they're ever going to do like a sequel, but I'm hoping that um, from Michelle Yeoh and different characters and actors that have, you know, brought us that caliber of film, I hope they continue, continue on to bring us that kind of uh, material because, wow. Um, and yeah, I'm really, really excited uh, for next year's films and we'll talk about those too. But what were your thoughts on Everything Everywhere All at Once? I mean, you pretty much covered it. It's a perfect film. I've never seen a film in theaters as many times as I saw this. I went to the theater six times to watch it. I've watched it a few more times on 4K. I watched it with director's commentary. Like, I just can't get enough of this movie. It is my new favorite film. It's metaphors and the way it deals with, like, self-harm, mental health, suicidal thoughts and just overcoming that with love compassion and understanding the way it subverts like the alpha male fantasy by going no actually the beta male is the one who has the right point of view you can't just use violence to solve your problems that only leads to more problems more cycles of violence you know yeah. a circle like a bagel if you will exactly. and just the the action comedy of it on its own makes it incredible. But when you mix it with all these deeper thought-provoking themes and just this film lives up to its name. It throws everything at you. You are overwhelmed at many points in the film. And then it just, it knows when it's reaching a breaking point and when to slow down. And at one point in the film, it comes to a grinding halt and just kind of resets everything by bringing us out to a silent void with just two rocks. Mm -hmm. Like everything from cinematography, acting, pacing, it just, it has elements of every type of film, comments on life. It's made for everyone and has everything everywhere all at once. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, um, really, really awesome film. Um, I have a poster of it. I have the ticket for it, and I have the Blu-ray. And you have it on 4K, and yeah, um, we were going to have this movie forever and rewatch it multiple times and probably reference it multiple more times. So, yeah, um, but we only have a few minutes left, so do you want to rattle off the most anticipated for next year? Um. No, instead, let's just uh, talk shit about some films real quick. Mm. I watched Moonfall. It is fucking terrible. I it is know. far worse than I ever thought possible. Uh, why like, would you watch that movie? I didn't think it was possible for it to be as bad as everyone claiming it was. Like I was just like, no, it's just a disaster flick. I've seen a dozen of these. They're dumb, but entertaining for a single watch. But not Moonfall. It oh. is I, I I would need two or three hours just to go into how bad it was, and I'd have to rewatch it because it's just my mind is trying to force it out like it's a sickness, and the antibodies are just attacking. <laughs> Another just horrendous film that I didn't believe could be as bad as people were saying is The Gray Man. It is just. I everything, everything about action set up uh, just done in the worst way possible. Like <laughs> two hundred bringing million. together a bunch of talented actors that I have loved in so many projects, and just ripping their charisma away from them, giving them nothing to work with, shooting action sequences that have no weight, have no anything it, they take cool ass action set pieces and make them bored like the idea of a guy being handcuffed to a bench in the middle of a shootout incredible idea for a set piece done in the worst possible way <laughs> oh my god it's fucking terrible and uncharted I hated this movie just as much as Mark Wahlberg like Mark <laughs> Wahlberg 
isn't a good actor, but in this film, he doesn't even attempt. He doesn't even try to be himself. Like, he seriously speaks at a monotone voice. For directing this film, I would have looked at Walburn and be like, look, you have to at least act like you're acting, or I'm going to fire you and replace you with the fucking craft services table guy. Like, I guarantee he could be a better actor than you are right now. Fucking get it together. You washed up loser. He's just salty. Like, he wasn't the younger guy. He wasn't the <laughs> the main dude. But yeah, I haven't watched any of those films because I know they're bad. Like I can't believe you wasted your time. See, that's what you get for doing that dumb shit. Like, I'm I'm sleepy, so I'm just gonna turn something on. Like no, that's how you lose brain cells. For Moonfall and Gray Man, I went into them thinking, how bad could they possibly be? For Uncharted, I was actually recommended that piece of shit by like two different people, and it was on Netflix. So I was like, yeah, sure, why not? But oh my god, so, so bad. How embarrassing. Okay. Now, on a more positive note, did you want to go over your most anticipated? Um, yeah, go ahead and start with your number 10. So, uh, I'm actually got 11. Um, here we go. So, Scream 6 got announced, and the trailer looks good. Uh, well, it was already announced, but the trailer came out, it looked good. So, that made it onto my list. But I have one film, one film that isn't a sequel to anything. It's an original thing. So I didn't want to take it off the list. I have so two. Oh, <laughs> uh, but one of them, well, mine is Renfield. Have you heard of this? No, it looks dumb. It's Nick Cage's Dracula. So oh, yeah, I'm, it's dumb. Yeah, I'm, I don't care. I'm in. So those two are tied for number 10. How about you? My number 10 is also like a part of a franchise, but it is The Flash. And it's almost like a gag thing because like I just want to see how bad this movie is. But I did hear that it's a good movie or, you know, everybody is saying that it's a decent movie. But the fate of DC is just so all over the place at this point. But at the same time, I just want to see what would have been and yeah so oh then you may not have heard this news but they actually reshot some scenes and took out certain cameos because the movie was promising stuff for what would have been and they were like no 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 we're going to take that out and everyone's prevailing theory that is very likely is that this movie is going to do the Flashpoint Paradox and just reset for James Gunn's DCEU. Right. So, yeah, I think that that's going to be an important part of the future of DC is just deleting everything that was this bullshit and restarting. But see, for me, that's just them copying Marvel again, because the whole point of the multiverse is for Marvel to be able to say, you know, the X-Men movies, the Spider-Man movies that you grew up on, they're part of the MCU. They're just a different universe. Like, mm. it's just their way of canonizing everything. And that's what this Flash movie is doing. It's going, yeah, yeah, if you love the Snyderverse, it's all here. That that all happened. And then the universe got reset, and now we're in a new one. Yeah. Like, and I mean, to me, but that's what you have to do. That's what you have yeah, to do. Yeah. And I mean, I with James Gunn at the helm, I feel like they are going to do some good work, and I am more optimistic than I have been in a long time. But that being said, when you fail because you're trying too hard to copy Marvel and your first step in a new direction is to copy Marvel, it's just kind of like, eh. So you're not going to watch um, it? Oh, yeah. No, I'm not excited for it at all. I, I, I get it. The Flashpoint Paradox, I saw the animated film. That's going to be better. And it resets the universe. I get it. I don't need to watch it. But you'll watch the dumb half-star movie that you watched last night. Like, you're so flippy-floppy with what you will or will not watch. Well, no, no. Um, Here's the thing. When I say I'm not going to watch it, it's just like I wasn't going to watch Uncharted. I didn't go to theaters. I didn't plan on seeing it. But then it was on Netflix. And I was laying down. So I put it on. 
So maybe that happens with The Flash. I'm not like signing a blood oath saying I will never watch this movie. I'm just saying like not excited, not going out of my way, not even on my radar. That's all I'm saying. Well, Morbius is on Netflix, so if you want to check that out, you can. (laughs) (laughs) I think I'm good, but you never know. I've watched shittier movies. No shit. (laughs) But all right, what's your name? Fast X. And moving right along, my number nine is Shazam. <laughs> uh, yeah, Shazam, I don't know what it is. Like, the first film, I I couldn't get excited for and I didn't go see. When I did finally see it, I loved it. This mm. film, came, like, the trailer came out, I'm just like, ah, I'm just not excited. I feel like I might watch it and love it, but I'm just not hyped. It's not on my list. Yeah. Again, I think just because of the mess that's going on at DC, this is going to be on the lower end of my most anticipated just because I'll, I'm going to watch the shit out of this movie. And, it's, and it probably will be good, but I, I just can't be that excited for it because I just know the future of that franchise and universe is all just up in the air right now. So it's just hard to get excited for these characters and movies. But again, I'm going to watch the shit out of the movie and it's probably going to be good. So we'll see. But all right, so my number eight, seven, and five are the three Marvel movies. Uh, the Marvels, Quantumania, and Guardians 3. Uh, they're all films I'm looking forward to, but Marvel has been having a lot of behind-the-scenes issues, a lot of trouble keeping up with this many projects, and as a result, their shows ended up being better than their movies for the most part in Phase 4. And I'm just kind of worried that that'll continue into Phase 5, that they're on shaky ground right now, and it's going to take them a minute to kind of get it all leveled out and figured out. So those are kind of like my mid-level movies I'm looking forward to, but I am still looking forward to them. So yeah, you said one of mine too, uh, Marvels. Um, I'm I'm excited for that. That's my number eight. Um, the Guardians three and um, what was the other one that you said? Quantum Ant Man oh. three, Quantum Mania. Yeah. So those are the, I am not excited for those movies just because I'm not big fans of either of the franchises. Guardians and Ant Man, I feel like are my three least favorite of that of the Marvel. You know big franchises so i don't know it is what it is again i'll watch those movies they might be good but i'm not excited for them and since this is an anticipated i'm you know more focusing on that but if there, i was making a list of movies that i think would be good next year those movies would definitely be on there um i'm just not that excited for them but moving right along with my seven and six um my seven is a part of the insidious franchise it looks like the next insidious movie that they were calling the dark realm um is my number seven i'm excited for that just because i feel like i'm gonna have like an insidious marathon of all the previous ones because it's been a minute since i've revisited those movies and i think it'll be fun to lead up into this one it might be bad i really haven't seen a trailer for it but i'm excited that they're making another one of those and i hope that they do some type of sinister crossover or make another sinister film as well but um yeah, yeah i would love to see another sinister and Insidious is actually one of the rare horror franchises that I haven't followed up on. I've just never really had access to the third and fourth one, mm-hmm. but I definitely plan on watching them at some point. And yeah, maybe if they all come out on the streaming service, I will do like a marathon, like you said. But my number six, it fell right in between the Marvel movies, so I just figured I'd skip it for a moment, is Expendables 4. Oh, I I know, I know. And it's probably going to end up being like a two and a half star film. None of them have been great. They've all kind of squandered their potential. But I'm an Eco Elias fan and I love Tony Shaw. Both of them are in this movie. So it's like if I get one cool fight scene between the two of them, I, I'll be totally satisfied and make this whole movie worthwhile for me. Uh, didn't you learn your lesson with Mortal Kombat? That just because people that no, you like are in no, the I'm just still, <laughs> still foolishly optimistic, and I'm sure this is going to be two and a half or lower star movie. 
but the potential exists, so I'm excited. Kind of like you were with Predator. Where, yeah. So well, what was Stallone, your number five? Stallone can't act, and it's just getting worse and worse. Because I saw the Samaritan, and that was Jesus Christ. It was terrible. Um, and yeah, he's all over the place with Creed. So the Expendables four is going to be a mess. But yeah, moving on. Um, my number six is a, a, a original movie that I've just recently watched the trailer for. I don't know if you've seen the trailer for it, but it's that Adam Driver movie, sixty five. I haven't seen the trailer yet, but I heard about it. And, you know, guy fighting dinosaurs does sound like pure dumb fun. Yeah. And I'm, again, it's nice to have an original concept. You have always said that they just need to do different things with dinosaurs whenever we talk about Jurassic Park. Why don't they have this or this kind of idea? And I feel like they finally are kind of doing that. Not necessarily Jurassic Park, but just a different idea with dinosaurs that it's finally making the big screen that's not Jurassic Park, which is refreshing. Yeah. So, um, and yeah, I mean, it just the trailer looks, it makes it look decent. Adam Driver is solid. Um, I think it, that it's going to be a pretty good movie. So I think this one's, that one's going to be pleasant, a pleasant surprise and hopefully a box office hit. Ah, well, I already did my number five. Um, what was oh. yours? Mine is Blue Beetle, another the last DC movie on my list. Um, oh sure, I thought that got canceled. No, um, I still have posters for it and everything. I mean, I don't know if it recently got canceled by James Gunn. Is that still is I, that what I, you're talking about? I haven't heard anything about it. I just assumed it was another casualty. Gotcha. Well, I mean, I'm pretty sure it's finished because. I mean, yeah, it was supposed to come out this year and I mean, all that, but I don't know. If it does come out this year, it's on my most anticipated. I like that character and the shows that I watch and the comics and all that good stuff. So, and I think that if it's really successful, it might survive, but we'll see. I think a lot of things are on the chopping block with them reshaping the universe. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes down, but. I've been wanting a Blue Beetle movie or in a Blue Beetle Young Justice type of movie. So I think that, that this movie will kind of lead into that or hopefully and we'll kind of go from there. But yeah. Cool, cool, cool. My number four is one I know is probably your number one. Dune Part 2. No, that's not even in the hemisphere of... I'm not <laughs> wasting my time watching that. Oh, I know, I know. I'm excited for it too. The first one was just such a delight and spectacle. Just a great sci-fi action movie. Anyway, (laughs) my number four is Cocaine Bear. Now, this is going to be a good movie, and it's based off a true story. That should have made my top ten. It's not on your top ten. Cocaine Bear. I made this list before I saw the trailer, but yeah, that loser. Okay, that's my number four. Everything got pushed out of slot. <laughs> okay, I was going to say, yeah, Cocaine Bear looks good as fuck. This is a, obviously telling me from the trailer, hey, this movie shouldn't, is, don't take yourself seriously in this movie. And I was like, okay, cool. So I know that going into it, unlike the menu. But yeah, this movie is going to be a lot of fun. I'm going to be very intoxicated when I go to watch it, which is going to make it even more fun. And oh, yeah. it's going to be a good ass time. So, yeah. I agree with all of that. This movie looks incredible. I can't wait to see it. All right. What's your three? My number three is Creed 3. Dumb. Uh, You keep saying dumb The first one's an instant classic. And the second one is a good action movie. So, I feel like this third one is just going to be another solid action movie. Not going to redefine cinema. But I love the Creed franchise so far, so going into this one, hype as hell. My number three is Elemental. Um, I think this is going to be a very, very fun Pixar-esque type movie. Um, The trailer for it looks really cool. The animation looks really realistic. And yeah, I'm excited for it. I'm going to be very, very um, also intoxicated for this movie, which will make it very, very much better. Yeah, I just rewatched Soul, and that movie is so good. Like Pixar, 
is just an outstanding film company. Like you know what they're doing. Yep. Um, we didn't mention it in our top of the year, but Turning Red is another great Pixar movie that I really enjoyed. That should have got a theatrical release. It should have got but, a theatrical release. But yeah, moving on to number two, which I can't believe this is number two, but John Wick Four. Yeah, I feel like our I, two and one are probably the same again. Oh, I seriously doubt that. But oh. yeah, number four is John Wick, or number two is John Wick Four. I absolutely love and adore the franchise, and this next one just looks sick. It's gonna be Keanu Reeves fighting Scott Atkins and Donnie Yen. Like, there's nothing more I could ask for. Gotcha. So yeah, my second is also John Wick 4. It's a solid action film. It gives me what I'm asking for every time I watch that movie. And yeah, I'm going to watch the shit out of it. Alright, so what's your number one? Uh, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Oh! Yeah, no, that didn't make my top ten. Like, I love the first one. It's my favorite Spider-Man movie. and But they did replace one of the writers. On the other hand, the writer that got replaced got replaced with one of the writers from Shang-Chi. So I still have faith in the movie to be good, but I'm just over that trope of part one, part two. Like, um, Dune, I wasn't going to go see in theaters, and I didn't. I watched it at home on HBO, and then I went out to the theaters to see it, because that was another one where I was just like, ah, I'm over the part one and two. And this could be an instance where I'm just dead wrong. The movie's incredible. I'm going to go ahead and bet on that. Uh, yeah. Let's go ahead and put money on that. <laughs> There's no way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're going to be dead wrong. This is a praise situation where I'm 100% right and you are 100% wrong. I'm not saying it'll be bad. In fact, it's got all the elements to be good. It's just I don't want to watch a movie and have to wait a year to see how it ends. That's all it is. And if you this love comes out, Dune. if if this movie comes out and everyone across the board says it's a good movie on its own as a standalone, then I'll go see it. But if they come out and they're like, it's a huge cliffhanger, can't wait for part two, I'll be like, well, I don't want to experience that. I hate experiencing cliffhangers. I'll just wait, watch it at home, and then go to theaters to see part two. You are a loser. You know that, right? If you say so. <laughs> but what is your number one? Barbie? My number one is Evil Dead Rise. Oh, this awesome. is that my bad. favorite horror franchise. And <clears throat> before Scream even came out with its idea and trailer, they were like, hey, what if we take it out of the woods and bring it to the city? Uh, and I was been worse. like, incredible idea and that's exactly what Scream is doing I'm excited for both of them I hope that 2023 is just as hype for horror as 2022 was it'll be an okay movie you know what I probably misjudged the 2013 Evil Dead because I was just too squeamish and maybe if I revisit it and don't watch the last 10 minutes I'll like it but yeah, the Evil Dead series is just overhyped. It really is overrated. Like, just the first two, especially, are dumb. Even Army of Darkness, very, very dumb, cheesy. Um, but yeah, the 2020, 2013 one is the best out of all of them. It's just way too gory for me. But, and yeah, it I is mean, one of my favorite horror movies, and it's in my favorite horror franchise. I absolutely love the B comedy mixed with horror, gore, over the top nature. It it's inspired great movies like Deadstream, which we both enjoyed. I I cannot wait for this movie. Nah. Whatever. It could have been worse. I thought you were gonna say something dumber, but yeah, it's not that bad. But all right, well, yeah, hopefully all those movies will be good. I think my list is way better than yours. I mean, it is. I, the masses probably agree with me. And especially no. the Spider Man movie, that movie you are dead wrong on. But yeah, every other movie. Too. I, all I'm saying is I don't want to be left with a cliffhanger. You didn't and even have I, Cocaine Bear on there. And like, that's just how, like. No, Cocaine Bear was my number four. No. <laughs> You totally forgot about that, and you didn't even have sixty-five on there. Like you, that I one. I still haven't be... seen the trailer for that. 
I almost put Megan on here. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I thought about that movie. I'm just like, ah, no thanks. But it'll make a lot of money, so there was going to be a second oh, yeah. one. The, see, that's what I'm so happy about lately in cinema. Studios have finally realized that the only people who show up for hor- for movies are horror and action fans. That's it. So that's what we're getting, and I love it. I love all the high-level horror movies we're getting, streaming and in theaters. I love all the action, sci-fi, horror, blended movies we're getting. It's just incredible. Great Unless time it has to, to do with it. drugs. Unless it has to do with opioids, then you're like, ah. If the romance in that movie had worked, ah, then maybe I would have accepted that. Oh, but boy. That movie was just a piece of shit. You know what? Hereditary was a shitty movie, so that movie's bad, too. <laughs> Why would you bring up that movie just that's... unprovoked? It's totally <laughs> odd that you did Because that's that. exactly what you did. Ah, how embarrassing. It's I called an recording. example, dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, it's embarrassing for you. Damn. Do you want to tell everybody how I three stalked you like three times? 